So everything that you say is now going to be captured on this, all right? Hi, world. Yeah. Dangerous. I love you all. I want that to be. Metronome's on. So now it's off. So I guess, again, my goal is to kind of, like, tell you what Jesus did for you, and then end. Okay? I almost want to have, like, come to Jesus chat with you. Because I think in the midst of us trying, in our pursuit of trying to follow Jesus, we've lost track of what he actually did for us. <laughs> and we're just like, man, I've just got to freaking read the Bible. I've just got to freaking do the right things. I've just got to do this. I've got to not do that. And I've got to do all of these right things and not do all these wrong things. And instead, I just want to reintroduce you to Jesus tonight. Is that cool? Yeah. I just want to remind you who he is, what he did for you, and what it means to actually follow him tonight. All right? Because I feel like maybe I've even done you a disservice with trying to give you all these different different things to chew on when you're not there yet is that cool and that's not minimizing you I don't hope I hope you don't feel that way that I've just minimized you but I just I want to bring you along for the ride tonight so there's this guy named Jesus he was born he was born it was born of a virgin woman which is one first miracle yes and hey I know maybe you'll be like, Lex, I already know this. But like, don't get numb to this story. The moment we get numb to this story is the moment I believe that we start playing patty cake with the devil. Because I, 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 I just, I always want myself to get stirred up when I hear who Jesus is. Even if it's basic, you know, even if it's just like, oh yeah, I've heard that a thousand times. And hey, I have. I grew up in the church. You know, I've heard it a thousand times. But I never want to lose that wonder and that awe of what he did. Does, that have, does this make sense? I feel like I don't really know how to start that, start this whole thing, so I'm just going to keep on going. All right? So Jesus was not just first created when he was born on earth. Do you understand that? Jesus is God Almighty. He wasn't created. The earthly, yes, sure, his body was created, yeah? He's God Almighty. I want us to grasp that first. The Jesus who came down, walked on this same earth, breathed the same air, yes, drank the same water, peed in the same place, I'm just joking, Right? All of these, I know, I had a real moment. All of these things, all of these humanly things, the same Jesus was also the same Jesus who was creating the heavens and the earth with the Father God and the Holy Spirit in Genesis. Do you understand that first? Jesus wasn't just like, oh, okay, he was born of a virgin. Great, he was, his body was. But him, Jesus, the Messiah, the promise, was already before anything. Yeah. Okay? So I hope that adds maybe a, just a little bit of sauce on top of then everything else that follows. <laughs> because it should. Right? And then we get into like, 
this uh, the Abraham and Elijah story, right? Where they're hiking to the top of a mountain. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know? Do you understand that? That's a complete foreshadowing of Jesus. If you don't know the story, Elijah gets called. It's Elijah, right? Isaac, his son. Oh, Isaac and Abraham. It's just names. It's just names. Same thing. Same thing. Same story. Just names. Okay, so Abraham, who is dad, and Isaac, who is son. <laughs> um, Abraham gets a word from the Lord and says, Hey, I want you to go sacrifice your son on top of the altar. And Abraham says, Okay. Because why? He didn't hold anything higher than God in his life. He didn't hold anything higher than the Lord in his life. So this son that he's been hoping and dreaming of and praying and, and all of these things for for a long, long time. This dude's old, right? He, he's been, you know, so hungry for a son. Then the Lord says, hey, I want you to go sacrifice him on top of a mountain. And Abraham says, okay, I will. I'll do it. So they hike to the top of the mountain. He ties him up. He's got the knife. And then an angel intercedes, intervenes rather. I'm struggling with my vocab tonight, sorry. Intervenes. And then this entire illumination of what Jesus is going to do as promised Messiah and King comes to fruition, comes right face to face with us, right? Even down to a spotless ram, his horns tied up in a thorn bush down to the detail of foreshadowing the crown of thorns over Jesus yes mm -hmm. oh my goodness so this is like in my book this is where it all begins this huge grandiose display of hey here's what's to come here's the promise and then continues on, continues on. You know, there's plenty of other stories that I could pull from, but I'm not going to for the sake of time. And then we come to the Gospels, which we have in the Scripture, yes? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I have to say them in order every single time in order to find them. Yeah. I don't know why. I should know it by now, but I have to. Um, it's like LMNOP, right? You have to say them all. You can't just say L. You're, you've got a problem, right? So, like, then Gospels happen, right? And there's this shift that takes place. Jesus appears on, this, on the scene differently in a body with flesh and blood and hair and bones and skin and all of it. And he looked like us. He looked like us. He acted much differently than us, I assure you. <laughs> It's not really worth following, but you know, he's very worth following because he acted very very differently than us and from a young young age Jesus was marked He was set apart He was different than everybody else Not because of anything his flesh did but because of everything he submitted his life to Right And yeah, I, I get the whole the whole um, notion of well that Jesus did it there's no way I can achieve it why would Jesus come in a humanly form if he said you can't do this right 
why would where, where would the necessity be of him doing that I think literally to show that we can yeah literally literally to show us perfection to show us the standard right we talked about that a couple of weeks ago the standard that we're held to it's not some standard of looking up to a pastor or a friend but a standard of who is Jesus and who has he called me to be this makes sense so far then Jesus gets baptized and this amazing moment happens where he gets baptized goes underwater gets raised back up a dove descends upon him and the the heavens split open and the father says this is my son who I'm well pleased whoa can you imagine being there right this is my son with who I'm well pleased remember don't get numb to this I know you've heard it don't get numb to this this is the savior of your life that you're you're hearing about right now remember right if we get bored of this message we're gonna get bored of everything else that is to come so heaven split open the father speaks down to his son this is my son with who I'm well pleased and a dove descends as Holy Spirit and lands on him and abides in him yes as we learned a couple weeks ago abides with him doesn't visit doesn't come and hang out for a little bit and then goes pew I'm a dove back up into heaven no literally abides Jesus understood this whole entire this whole entire truth of how would I walk if I had a dove on my shoulder what would that look like be very careful right I'd walk very very carefully I wanted that dove to hang out with me I wanted that dove with me all the time how would I walk very very carefully I would be very very submissive to the dove yes where would I where where do you want to go today dove kind of thing right if the dove didn't feel comfortable in a situation it would wear it would go fly off to somewhere it felt safe yes this is what Jesus did he walked in this manner being very very careful very very wise I only do what the father does and only say what the father speaks it's what Jesus said do you know that that is mind-blowing to me I would be mute you know most of my life I'd be mute would you right I only say what the father speaks if I'm not listening to what the father speaks then I would probably not have much to say correct Jesus had plenty to say at the perfect moments yes remember don't get numb to this this is incredible okay then this uh, another mo amazing moment Jesus speaks just two words to these people and it's follow me and they drop everything they drop everything and go and follow him I know that doesn't make much sense in our world but it made complete sense back then why because these people that he said follow me to were training 
to be rabbis. And they wanted somebody to look up to. And Jesus was the first one who did. Who filled that void over their lives of, hey, I'm the best mentor you can have. Right? And they, they dropped their nets. They dropped their tax collecting stand. They left everything for this man named Jesus. Who at this point didn't die on the cross. Who at this point didn't pour out his spirit. Who at this point didn't yell at the top of his lungs, it is finished. At this point didn't do really much of anything. But they still said, okay, I'm in. I don't understand. We have the whole picture. <laughs> We've got the whole picture. We saw the sacrifice. We see the work of the Spirit. We have post-Jesus scripture. Yes? Mm -hmm. And we're still like, eh, maybe. <laughs> maybe this hour I will follow you, Jesus. But next hour, I don't think so. Let me reintroduce you to Jesus tonight. So I guess what I'm trying to say is he's actually worthy of that. He's actually worthy of that. He's actually worthy of you saying, yeah, I'll be a living sacrifice for you, Jesus. I will be that person. I will be that man. I will be that woman who says, I'm in. He's still hungry for it today. It's not like, well, I, <laughs> I invested into those disciples. And they've they brought it pretty far. No, he's still investing into you today. Yes? Mm -hmm. Even to the point where one guy uprooted his entire life. He was a very wealthy guy. His name was Matthew. Right? He uprooted his entire life and then invited Jesus over to his house with all of his friends. And said, you got to hear about this. You've got to hear this guy speak. you got to hear. You have to hear. Yeah, we have the full picture and we're like, well, maybe I'll talk to my brother, sister, friend, family. Well, maybe I'll talk to a coworker. Well, I don't know enough about scripture, so there's no way I could tell somebody about it. Well, you know more about scripture than somebody who doesn't know anything about it, right? Your love disciples didn't know very much about scripture. Well, they knew a lot about scripture, actually. Well, they trained again. to be rabbis, but oh, okay, yeah, I guess. I know it's use that part. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you have Holy Spirit. Okay, let's keep on going. I'm just gonna keep on kind of moving through this. Yeah, so he picks the twelve. Oh, this is really cool. Jesus gives this awesome, awesome sermon called the Beatitudes. Oh my gosh. Where he tells yes and no's. Right? Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Right? What was the one we studied on? Uh, being gentle. Blessed are the meek, for they will the what? Inherit the they will what? Inherit the kingdom. They will inherit the earth. Yes? Inherit the earth. Yeah. We have to know the Beatitudes. Blessed are those and woe to those. That was like Jesus' 
prime, prime sermon. You know, most of the other stuff was parables, and I'm not diminishing that at all, but this was Jesus standing up and saying, hey, blessed are those, let me tell you. Woe to those, let me tell you. Do you want to read them there in Matthew 5? Or Luke 6. So he gives the Beatitudes. And then he, he multiplies fish and bread and feeds thousands. Just with a couple loaves and a couple fish. I mean, our Savior did this. I know, I know these are all Sunday school stories and they're super boring now because we're old and, and so like numb. But like he did that. He went into your pantry where you have one loaf and then fed thousands. That doesn't make sense to me. Does it to you? No, because that's beyond our capacity. But Jesus did that. Jesus is the provider. This was his example of him saying, hey, I am more than enough. Why? Because there was baskets of leftovers after. There's baskets, right? Mm -hmm. Baskets and baskets and baskets. And he did it twice just to prove a point. He turned water into wine just to prove a point of, hey, remember who I am. I'm coming. Right? Mm -hmm. Along the way, he healed a bunch of people, you know. Just casual stuff. Just healed some people of leprosy. I don't know if you know leprosy, like it's highly contagious. Like if you touch somebody with leprosy like that, you're probably going to get it. Do you understand that Jesus went out and touched that person with leprosy and they, they were healed? They were made whole? What's he saying? Oh, again, I'm more than enough. I'm more than enough. He made lame people walk. People who have never walked before in their entire lives walk. Right? He made a... a <laughs> he's done so many things, guys. Right? These are all stories we've heard, too. They're just like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I know. Jesus did that. That's really cool. Oh, he raised some folks from the dead, too. Um, he raised some folks from the dead. What is that? Oh, it's foreshadowing that he rules over death. That death has no say over him and over you. Paul later speaks on it. If death, it, we are co-crucified with Christ. Right? That means because Christ died, now that I get the same resurrecting power because of what he did. Not because of what I do, but because of what he did. I'm co-crucified. That means I'm co-resurrected with Christ. Right? Okay. There's just a little bit of a list of what Jesus has done so far, right? Oh, there's way more. Anybody have a story you want to share of what Jesus did? Not over your life, in scripture. I, I, I just want to talk about scripture tonight. Jaden, come on. Jesus uh, encountered a blind man and spit in the mud, rubbed it on his eyes, and he regained his sight. Yep, what's that foreshadowing? Oh, that he's going to give us new sight, new eyes for what he has in store. Right? It's not just, oh, I can see again. No, it's actually... I was talking to this lady yesterday and she was like, when I was 18, I went to this, this event and it was as if 
the Lord gave me new vision in that exact moment. And I was like, what do you what do you mean by new vision? Did you have a seeing problem? She was like, no, 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 no. I did not have a seeing problem. But the way I looked at the world after that moment changed. Right? Oh, it's the same thing that, that the Holy Spirit did with Paul, yes? Where the scales fell off of his eyes and he got new eyes and repurposed. Yes? He's spoken many parables telling us and, and getting us ready for the glory of the kingdom of heaven. Right? 80% of his parables, he started with this line, the kingdom of heaven is like. I don't trust that from many people, but I do trust it from Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is like. Wow. Right? He showed Peter how to walk on water. Yeah, I know we've heard it. And I know it's just like, oh yeah, that's that's in the Bible. It's cool. But like actually, actually take a step back and say, holy freaking crap. He, 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 he did that? He has the capacity to do that? Whoa, yeah, dude, he does. Oh, and I'm not done. He actually calmed an entire storm that was about to capsize a boat that he was on. Right? Oh yeah, I know it's just another Bible story. Yippee! I, I refer to it all the time. I'm super numbed, but no, not anymore. When's the last time you were you were you were praying over an earthquake that was about to hit a region and it stopped? When's the last time you did that? Oh, okay, yeah, never. I know, I know. Well, uh, thanks, babe. <laughs> but you get my point, guys. Yeah, he has that capacity. We've got living proof here. Great. Yippee Kaye. But what about you? Are you tapping into that level of Jesus? Are you going to say yes to that? Or am I just like, nah, he, he died on the cross for me and that's good enough for me. I'm glad that you're at least there, but hey, there's way, way more. Let me get the lights. So, we can't be numb to this anymore. Oh, there's this other story, guys. This is cool. I can't forget about this one. The Transfiguration. Do you remember this one? Yeah, I know you do, because it's just like, oh yeah, this is normal Bible talk. And I'm glad that you know it. But, look at this. Jesus took a couple of his boys up to a mountain, and then, boom, all glory broke loose. Literally. Jesus turned white. And not like his skin, like his full self like opened up and the glory shot out of him. It was so much for them to handle. And then what, what happened? Moses and Elijah appeared. Yeah? Oh yeah, when's the last time that happened to you? Oh, okay, cool. All right, Moses and Elijah appeared. What's this, what's this, 
letting us know into? Anybody want to know? Is it talking back all the way when? No. Law and the prophets. Yes, Jesus <clears throat> is the fulfillment of the law and the fulfillment of the prophets. Do you see how in your face Jesus, the Messiah, the coming King is? Over and over and over. Everything is so thought out. So meticulous. Just kind of like how we were created. You know? I don't know about you guys, but my body could not just happen to be this way. I'm not talking about my fat stomach. I'm not talking about that. I'm actually talking about how I'm actually knit together. That doesn't just happen with an explosion. It's actually by divine design. Do you get this? Like Jesus was a part of that divine design. And you're like, I don't know if he's got my back today. I don't know. Well, actually he created you and his perfect plans for you. Right? All of these things is what Jesus has done just up until this point, right? I feel like I'm doing a pretty good timeline. Then he starts correcting some religious leaders, right? Putting them in their place, saying, hey, turn from your man-made traditions into fullness of God. Yes? Cool. What man-made traditions have you made up, just like Madison talked about last week, right? What little gods have we created? Little G gods, right? Have we created and said, oh, yeah, that's God Almighty. <laughs> what delusion? No. We have to remember who our Savior is. Jesus talks in parables and parables, tells everybody how they get forgiveness, all of these things. And then he gets arrested. Then he gets arrested, right? For what? Great question. Great question. It would be really weird if we said, I'm going to lay my life down for a guy who did wrong and that's why he got arrested. Right? That would be pretty bizarre, correct? Because then I would be like, well, actually, he's not perfect because he did wrong. No, he actually did no wrong. But he still got arrested for it. Interesting. Yeah. No, just the fall of man. That's all. He gets arrested, gets beat, and beat, and beat, and beat. He's sweating blood at this point, you know? He's got no skin left on his body. He's so wounded by our transgressions. And then after all the beating, all the spit that the people are spewing on him, all the names that people are calling him, then they strap a cross onto his back and say, take it up there. Right? Meanwhile, he says, okay. Actually, he didn't say anything. He just did it. Symbolizing what? Oh, the spotless lamb that he is supposed to be. 
right? I don't know if you know this, and sorry, Katie, plug your ears if you can't handle this, but when you slit a lamb's throat, no noise. Barely moves. When you slit a lamb's throat, it doesn't shriek like a pig. It doesn't scream like us. It doesn't make a noise. It doesn't flinch. It just takes it. Just like Jesus did. This is, this is who we follow, I, I hope, right? Like, yeah, we might get emotional here, but it's okay. So not only do they beat the living crap out of him, but then they say, hey, put this cross on your back and go up there, and then Jesus does it. And while he's doing it, they continue to beat him. They continue to spit. They continue to mock him. They put a crown of thorns into his skull. Did you hear me? And that crown was not a crown of glory, it was a crown of mockery. And they said, you're not there yet. Kept on beating him. Mocking him. Saying, if your God is so powerful, why doesn't he get you down from here? If your God's so full of power, why doesn't he stop all of this? Why doesn't he strike us down? Jesus doesn't say a word. He just does it. Then he gets to the top of the hill. They continue to beat him. They continue to beat him. They, they pound nails through his hands and ankles, through his sides. And then hang him on a cross. The same cross that he just drug up a hill. The same cross that is used to humiliate and a death penalty for back then. For criminals when he did no wrong. This is the Jesus we saw that we follow. This is the Jesus who is our Savior and our Lord of all. This is the Jesus that some of us sing songs to. And I, yeah, some of us. I don't know, some of you guys maybe don't even sing, you know, whatever. Right? Some of us sing songs to him, worship him, and tell him that he's beautiful. Why? Oh, well, that's why. And don't, don't come to him complaining. Why? Because he doesn't need to hear it. He's just so full of glory that he's already got it handled. This is Jesus. The same Jesus who started out in a manger. A manger, yeah? Right? Filthy, nasty manger filled with horse poop, donkey poop. This is the same Jesus who's getting hung on a cross right now. And then he's on that cross.
still continued to get mocked by the people who are surrounding. And guess what? This same Jesus finally opens his mouth. He finally opens his mouth. And it's because there's a guy hanging next to him on a cross. And this man says something to effect of, hey, would you have mercy on me? And Jesus opens his mouth and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. After all of that, Jesus musters up something to say and says, today you will be with me in paradise. This is Jesus. But the story doesn't stop there. He's hanging on that cross after he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Then he starts saying more things. Like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Almost saying, Lord, where's your provision now? He still fully knows what he's doing. But man, could you imagine? Could you imagine the headspace that you'd be in? Right? Because he's still fully human. Correct? He's fully human. He feels everything that you feel. Right? And more so. This is Jesus. And what else does he say on that on that cross? On that cross? What? Oh, don't not yet. That's the last thing he says. Don't give them what they. Yeah, say it in the. Let's see if I can remember. That. Forgive them for they do not know what they don't know what they do. Yeah. Forgive them, Father, for they don't know what they're doing. Holy crap. You still see the awareness that Jesus is having right now. The awareness of grace, the awareness of mercy, the awareness of forgiveness. Even though he's saying, Lord, forgive them for beating the piss out of me. Lord, forgive them for that piece of spit that's still dangling on my eyebrow. Lord, forgive them for that whiplash that broke through my skin. Lord, forgive them for hitting that hammer that however many times to break through my hand. Lord, forgive them for the words. Lord, forgive, forgive Lex for all that he's going to do. Lord, forgive Kara all that she's going to do. Do you see this? That wasn't just about the people surrounding him. That was actually for everybody. That was for every single person who is going to live. He's saying, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. This is Jesus.
This is Jesus. What else did he say? What else did he say? You guys know? Yeah, that was Peter, right? Like, Peter, do you love me the three times, right? Yeah. Well, before he said anything else, they actually hung a sign around his neck. They hung a sign around his neck to mock him. That said, King of the Jews. Meanwhile, I had a crown of thorns still on, blood dripping out of those holes, pouring out for us, yeah. And then they hung a sign around his neck and mocking him, King of the Jews. Almost to the effect of, this is your King of the Jews. This is who you think your King is, Jews. This is what a King looks like. Little did they know, right? And he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Whoa. As if it wasn't already, right? <laughs> As if it wasn't already, but he verbalized that still. Even after, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's saying, now, Lord, I commit. And then yelled, it is finished. Yeah, I know we hear this. I know we've heard this. Like, we have to remember this. This is our Jesus. This is the Jesus that we follow. I hope. This is the Jesus who literally gave everything he had for you. This is the Jesus who said, okay, I'm going to bankrupt heaven so that I can have my people back. You understand the purpose of heaven is to glorify God? Okay, when God leaves the building, uh-oh, bankrupt. Yes? He literally bankrupted the kingdom of heaven so that he could have you. And then bled out. Bled out. Bled out. Bled out. And died. This is Jesus. Right? 
This is who he is. And he didn't stop doing this act. This is his devotion to you. Cool thing, his story doesn't even end there. The tides turn even more. Where they actually go and bury him. They go and bury him in this tomb with a big boulder in front of it, right? You've probably seen it maybe in a cartoon before. Right? He was in there for three days. A lot of people were confused because they put all their eggs in this basket named Jesus, yes? Mm -hmm. They're like, where'd he go? <laughs> what happened? Well, what's crazy is that boulder was moved and Jesus was no more. Yeah? It wasn't in there. Yeah, some people think that somebody stole him. Sure, great. Do you want to try to believe that? I feel like that takes more faith to believe than him actually <laughs> being resurrected. But I'm not going to get into that. Um, but the cool part about that is there's, I guess the way I'll put it is that I usually say the proof is in the pudding, but the proof is in the linens. These linens, right? You kind of just overlook these linens that Jesus left behind, right? They weren't in bunches like the clothes on your bedroom floor, right? They usually, yeah, I know. It happens in my room too. Not my clothes, but Madison's, right? Um, but these linens weren't just bundled up and kind of thrown or floating in the air or, or you know, nothing like that. They were actually perfectly folded. Perfectly folded. Which I don't know if you guys know this. Here's a little history lesson. In Jewish culture, it's very, very polite to fold your napkin if you plan on coming back. Right? So if you go to a if you go to a restaurant and you're like, oh man, that was freaking good. You fold your napkin and it's a sign of saying, hey, I'm coming back. I can't wait to come back and enjoy this again. Right? So Jesus folds his linen, his quote-unquote napkin, in a promise of I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And isn't it weird that it's in a grave? <laughs> Doesn't that kind of make something, you know, shouldn't it be outside of the grave? But no, it's just com I'm coming back to the grave. Why? To now bankrupt it. I'm actually going to rob all of the power of the grave. That's what Jesus meant by that. By that folded cloth. I know, seems very insignificant. But yeah, it's just because you're numb to the story. It's okay. But, very insignificant. But it's folded and he says, I'm coming back so I can bankrupt this grave. And guess what? He did. He actually went into hell took the keys and said, I'm coming back. I won. I'm victorious. Yes? Mm -hmm. This is Jesus. He's not on the cross anymore. He's actually sitting on the right hand of the Father. Right? And he's actually a really, really good friend of mine. And I just really wanted to tell you guys about my best friend. Because I guess it scares me the way my best friends talked about these days. 
And I really, really just wanted to tell you who he was. And who he is. Because he's everything to me. He did all that for me. It was as if Jesus went through all of that just for me. It was, it's like Jesus went through all of that and said, I'm going to gather up all of my blood. I'm going to be that final sacrifice. And I'm going to take it to heaven. And I'm going to lay it down in front of my father. So I can have you, Lex. He did that for me. He did that for me. And I guarantee he'd probably do it again if he had to. And again, and again, and again, if he really had to. He doesn't need to. It was a once and once and for all kind of kind of sacrifice, right? But he'd do it again. He's my best friend. Maybe that sounds really weird to you tonight. That I've got an imaginary friend, but no, he's the most real friend I've ever had. He's never screwed me over. He's never taken advantage of me. I've taken advantage of him, but he always says, It's okay, Lex. My grace abounds. Sometimes we get just so fixed on what Jesus is supposed to do for us that we forget about what we are supposed to do for him. Or we're so fixated on, on fulfilling this promise over our lives instead of being present with him. Do you guys understand that Moses was the first exemplary person over this, this idea? Moses actually turned down the promise so that he could have the presence. Do you understand that? Do you understand that Moses did not go into the promised land? He said, I, it's okay, I don't need that. All I, all I need, Lord, is that you're present with me. Right? There was two options to Moses. You can go to the land of milk and honey, right? Or you can go and, and then that'll be your promise, right? Or you can go through a desert with a bunch of whiners and complainers. <laughs> but I will be right there with you. That's Moses' life. What did Moses choose? The desert. He chose to be with the whiners, to be with the complainers, so that he could have the presence of God Almighty. Have we just abandoned that idea? Where I'm so focused on my promise of where I'm supposed to go. So pr I'm so focused on, okay, I better be getting to heaven or I better be fulfilling my destiny. And it turns into this obsession of my, my, my. Not his. Right? So I guess my purpose for this is I want to introduce you to my best friend. And yeah, I know you've heard about him from others. Some good, some bad. I've heard, I know you have. I know you maybe have read about him. I hope. 
but I just wanted to introduce you what he actually did for you. Do you understand that Jesus left a throne to get the piss beat out of him? What other king would do that? No king would do that. Nobody, nobody on this earth would do that for me. Not even my own mother. And she loves me the most. She wouldn't do that for me. She'd be like, I'm really enjoying this throne. It's got marble. My mom loves marble. Right? She'd be like, I'm good, I'm good up here. This is my dream rug. Right? All of it. But Jesus would. He would say, I'm going to leave this place so that I can have you with me in this place. Right? So that just felt good for me to get off my chest. I don't care if you really got anything out of that. I don't. You know, I just wanted to talk about my best friend tonight. And it was really, you know, I think, and I'm, if I'm being transparent, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing a pity party here, but a, a client prayed over me yesterday, and it was the first time somebody's prayed over me in a long, long time. And I freaking wept in front of a client. <laughs> I wept in front of a client. She said, we would love to have you and your wife over so you guys could just talk to us. And I was like, Teresa, you have no idea what that means. That's the first time anybody's really done that to me. Right? She actually stopped what she was doing. She put her kids in timeout so that she could lay hands and pray over me. I was like, wow. You give a damn. <coughs> and all she wanted to talk about was her best friend, too. And that's... It was a blast. She was following me around while I was doing minor little touch-ups on her house. She was literally following me around like a little five-year-old kid. Attached to me at the hip, and we were just talking about Jesus the whole entire time. No agenda, nothing to gain, nothing to prove. We were just talking about this great, great friend that we shared. Right? Again, I really don't care if you got anything out of this. It was just, I just really, really wanted to talk about my best friend. I really wanted to talk about my Messiah. I really, really wanted to talk about the one who I have said, Lord Jesus, you are the Lord of all. He took nails through his hands for me. I hate when I get a splinter. You know? I hate when I get a hangnail.
but he took nails through his hands for me. Nails through his sides for me. So Jesus, I just love you. Thank you just for being who you are, Lord. I don't come with an agenda. I'm just thankful that I have a friend who is like you, Lord. Who has literally changed my entire life. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you for who you are, Lord. And Lord, the moment I get numb to your message, I pray that you would rewake me up, that you would rip that callus off. The moment I get numb to your sacrifice, I pray, Lord, that you would slap me across the face and say, no, 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 no. Thank you for giving it all for me. Thank you for purposing me so that I could just give a little bit of a sliver back to what you gave me. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.